welcome to the Reliance Community Podcast. Worship with us on Sunday mornings at 9 o'clock or 10.45 a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. I want to talk about powerful words today. I want to talk about powerful words today, and I'll tell you why. Um, I had a conversation with a guy uh, this past week, and he was asking me, Christian brother, doesn't attend here, attends another place, and he just said, and when you think of weapons that we fight with, what kind of weapons do you think of when, when you think of weapons that we fight with? Automatically, I'm like, I'm a Red Dawn guy. You guys, any Red Dawn? Like, I talk about this all, like the real one with Patrick Swayze, not the fake one, all right? But I automatically go to like the fleshly like weapons that we fight with. And he's like, no. No, he's like, I'm talking about what kind of weapons do we fight with in the Christian life, right? And we started talking about it. And one of the things that I realized is, um, you know, prayer, intercession, those kinds of things are weapons that we fight with when it comes to the things of God. But as I was thinking about the weapons that we fight with, one of the things that I found just kind of come, get impressed on my heart is, I found that the weapon that we seem to wield the most in our life is the weapon of our words. Is the weapon of our, of our words. And as I began to think about that, the Lord began to kind of download some things in my heart of, um, have you ever just thought I should have kept my mouth shut? Anybody out there? Don't leave me hanging. First service raised their hands. I just want to know. Anybody, like, I just want to make sure we're resonating, all right? Like, there's moments in your life where I'm like, I should have just kept my mouth shut because words get us in trouble, don't they? Or maybe for you, it's like, if I just wouldn't hit the send button on my email. Anybody resonate with that one? Or text message or Facebook post or whatever it may be. Like, if I just wouldn't have done that. And so, uh, I just thought about how words carry so much Power. I've had over the last two weeks, I've done uh, a lot of weddings and funerals. It was like wedding, funeral, wedding, funeral, wedding, funeral. And, and uh, I was at a wedding and I almost said these words. I just want to welcome you today to the funeral that we're about to do. And I thought how, how one word funeral at a wedding changes the whole celebration, doesn't it? Now, now some of the groomsmen were like, yeah, probably is a funeral, right? But in that moment, like one word with power changes the entire atmosphere of what we were really there for. And this is how words are. Words carry power within them. And so as I began to think about this, um, I began to think about the year 2020, where we've been, and really felt the Lord a few weeks ago stir in my heart that he can and desires to redeem 2020. He can and he desires to redeem 2020. And honestly, I think we've gone through a lot of good things in this year. We've, we've had some bad things happen, but I feel like as the church, as a believers, I feel like 2020 has been a purification year. It's got us pinpointed on the things of God. We've kind of began to, to be pruned of things that maybe we weren't supposed to be after or weren't supposed to be about or weren't supposed to be chasing. And so I do think that it's been a good year uh, of, of kind of some pinpoint vision and, and, and some pruning. But overall, when we look back on 2020, a lot of people are just going to see it as a wash. Worst year ever. And I feel like what the Lord has been stirring in my heart is that's not what his desire is. You know, we had this vision, 2020, year of, of vision. Lord, we want your vision. And I just really feel like the Lord's going, I want to redeem that. <laughs> I want to make that happen. And so I really began to kind of sink in, like, what does this mean? And, and I, want, I want you to hear what I feel like he gave, at least in my heart. 
The 2020 has been a year of negativity. 2020 has been a year of words of death spoken. 2020 has been a year of division. And so if we want to see God redeem this, then what we have to be able to do is we have to redeem this by speaking words of life. If negativity's been spoken and division's been spoken, then the way that God's gonna redeem this is that the church of God's gonna rise up and realize that we carry the words of life in Jesus Christ in us. Now let me tell you why this is such an important deal. Because in Proverbs 18, I'm gonna start with verse four, the Bible has a lot to say about our words. The words of the mouth are deep waters, but the fountain of wisdom is a rushing stream. I liked this one in verse six. The lips of fools bring them strife and their mouths invite a beating, amen? I'm reading this, I'm like, God just gave us permission to beat. He goes, no, I'm talking to you. <laughs> I'm, ta- I'm talking to you. And so I'm like, okay, let me get in the right context. You're, this is for me, Lord, I invite a beating, okay? The mouths of fools are their undoing and their lips are a snare to their lives. The words of gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. Verse 20, from the fruit of their mouth, a person's stomach is filled with the harvest of their lips, they're satisfied. And then look what he says about that fruit in verse 21. The tongue has the power of life and, somebody say death, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. One way or another, church, we are going to eat fruit either from life or death from our words. One way or another, something is going to fill us. And it's gonna be either words of life that fill us or it's gonna be words of death that we've spoken that are gonna fill us. And I'm gonna tell you, these last two weeks have been awesome. We've had opportunities, I shared last week, we had opportunity to pray over a young man who believed, doctors believed, three different doctors, that he tore everything to his shoulder, prayed over this young man, it was awesome, no damage, believed that God healed his shoulder, I'm just telling you. Got us really charged up for our life group. So we were in life group, I was like, man, we read about the word, we study the word, tonight let's be doers of the word, right? And so on Wednesday night, our life group shows up, I didn't tell them that we were gonna do this, they show up, I said, we've been studying the word of God, we've been reading the word of God, now we're gonna go do it. We're gonna go into the youth group and we're gonna pray over all the students. And all of a sudden everybody's faces were like, what? (laughs) Like, you mean really like go in there? (laughs) And so we go in there, and we begin to pray over students, we begin to encourage them, we lay hands on them, and we just begin to speak life. And let me just tell you, we walked out of that room and you could see every single person's heart was charged. And it was like, man, that was so awesome when we can speak life over these students. My kids even came home from youth group and they were, and this is, this is a positive thing, they are like, thanks dad, <laughs> right? That's Like, thanks for coming in and and praying over us. Thanks for coming in and encouraging us. And what I'm seeing here, church, is this. I'm seeing that when we come in with words of life and not just negativity, not just words that are sharp, not just words that hurt, not just words that cut down, when we come in with words of life, we can change the atmosphere. Listen to this word from uh, Neil Anderson in his book, Victory Over the Darkness. He has this to say, if we memorize just one verse from the New Testament, if we memorize just one verse from the New Testament and we put it into practice and never violate it, I believe we would resolve half of the problems in our homes and our churches and the verse is Ephesians 4.29. 
Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification or building up according to the need of the moment that it may give grace to those who hear it. I don't know about you, but I wasn't born as a baby as a believer. (laughs) It says in scripture that when we're born, we're born into sin. And I had to learn throughout my life until that moment, I had to learn till that moment where I gave my life to Jesus, the grace in which he had given me through Jesus Christ on the cross. And I'm looking around going, sometimes we don't realize when we're speaking grace or speaking encouragement to other people's lives, they just need to know the grace of God is for them, amen? He goes on and he says, it's amazing that you have and I have the power to give others, it's amazing that you and I have the power uh, to give grace to others down and only to build up others as Ephesians 4.29 commands. We would be a part of God's under. Truett Cathy of Chick-fil-A says something similar to this with encouragement. A question was posed to him. How do you identify someone who needs encouragement? His reply, that person is breathing. If you've got breath in your lungs, then you need encouragement. If you've got breath, and if you've ever walked into Chick-fil-A, they're just a bunch of happy people, right? Even if they're not happy, they pretend really well, don't they? Because there was something about encouragement that he saw that people needed. If you guys have your Bibles, we're going to work through James chapter 3. It's one of the most familiar uh, ones when it comes to our words and the power that our words carry in our tongue. And so in James chapter 3, starting with verse 2, James says this, We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. Now we all know that we're not perfect, and so we know that this is something then for all of us that we can take to heart. He goes on and he's gonna explain what this looks like in practical ways. He says, when we put the bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships, for example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great force is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. That's brutal. All kinds of animals, birds, and reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Let's just stop there for a minute. A lot of times we read that and we go, well, he says right there, you can't do it. You can't tame your tongue. It's just the way it is. He's saying right there, that's not what James is saying. He's saying in and of ourselves we can't do it, but in Jesus we can This is why scripture's so clear that that there's a spiritual life in us and there's this flesh life that we're trying to crucify on a daily basis. That in and of ourselves, if I desire to live in the spirit of God, then every word, thought, and action, I'm submitting to his rule and reign in my life. But if I desire to live in the flesh, then all of those things in my flesh are gonna come out. This is what it means that we have the power of life and death in our words. When I submit my words and my thoughts and my actions to God, I'm gonna speak life. 
Because in Jesus, there's life. Amen, church. But when I'm walking in the flesh, I'm going to speak words of death. He says it right here. A human, as humans, we cannot, but no human can tame the tongue. So the only one who can tame the tongue is when we submit our words and our thoughts and our actions to the Lord. Look what he goes on and he says in verse 9. With the tongue, this is convicting, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who've been made in, the, in, the, in God's likeness. Reading this, man, I'm thinking about 2020 and just the volatility and, and even the division in, in, in church life and division that's out there amongst brothers and sisters in, in Christ even. And I'm going, he, he's telling us that with our mouth we're praising God and with the same mouth we're cursing human beings who are made in his likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives and a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. You see, I believe that 2020 could be a year where we change the tide. We got two months left. We got November and December. I believe that we can change the tide because I believe that we can begin to be a place where living water flows from again. I believe the church, I'm talking about church global, I'm talking about the church can be a place where words of life flow from. You see, in our everyday life, pre-COVID, pre-election, and pre-before we had all this division in our nation, they had statistics about negative words versus positive words. It says in the average home, for every positive statement that a child hears, they receive 10 negative. In the average school, for every one positive statement that a student hears, they receive seven negative. And then he goes on and he says it takes four positive statements to negate the one effect of a negative statement in our life. Now think about that a lot. It takes four positive statements to negate the one negative statement in our life. And if you think about this, words of death are constantly being spoken over so that we're taking those things to heart. Words carry the power that the Bible is talking about. And I'm just looking at this thing going, if we've spoken all of these negative words in 2020, then for the next two months, there better be rivers of life flowing out of us, amen? Words of life being, 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 being able to flow out of us. And this is not just for a few. This has gotta be all of us. If we're gonna shift 2020, if we're gonna be able to look back at 2020 and be like, man, great things happened in that year, then in the next two months, we've got a ton of work to do. And it's speaking life. We're gonna negate all of those negative comments, all that division, all that stuff that's been sewn in, we're gonna negate it with word after word after word after word of the promises of Jesus, of the hope of Jesus, of the encouragement of Jesus. You see, in 2020, we had this thing where everybody had their 2020 kind of lined out. This is the year of clarity. You guys remember that? Oh, I believe it is because I think we came out of two, 2019. I think we were set in that second. Love people well. There's love, 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 love. It was just going like crazy. We were locked into the things of God, locked in 2020 hits. Everybody's like, forget that. And I think that this is the way that God's going, no, no, no. I gave a word. I'm going to redeem that word. And it's going to come because you're going to become rivers of life with your words. Let me just talk two generalizations real quick, and then I wanna talk about James for just a minute. Uh, 
I was reading an article that said most problems relate to the tongue. It's, e- it's the easiest way to sin is with your tongue. With the tongue, there are no restraints. You can't always find bad things or get in trouble if circumstances don't necessarily present themselves, but you can absolutely say anything that you want to say. And I'm not just talking about words that we say out loud. We, we, we live in a, in, a, in a social media driven society. I'm talking about words that you say behind the computer screen. We're bold behind computer screens. Words that you say in text messages. We're bold behind phone screens. Words that you write in an email. Things that you murmur under your breath. I'm not just talking about words that you've said. I'm saying the things that are in your life that you're speaking out, whether you've said them out loud or not. And so there's two generalizations that we can make about the tongue. First of all, the tongue will always tattletale on your heart, amen? The tongue will always tattletale on your heart. How do I know this? Because Jesus tells us in Matthew 12, 34, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth what? Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Your mouth is revealing some things in your heart. Now we use the terminology a lot of, I know I said it, I didn't really mean it, right? I know I said that, but I didn't really mean it. According to what Jesus said, and I think he's the smartest man to ever walk planet Earth, amen? And he's God. That when you say something, there may be something in your heart that needs a heart work to go on. So here we are, out of the overflow of the mouth, the heart speaks. Sometimes we think, well, that was justified, because that person's mean. Well, that was justified, because that person and I disagree. Well, that was justified, because that person doesn't even know who God is. And what God is saying is it's now no longer about the other person. It's revealing something in your heart that you got to work on. I was telling the first service, my kids will do this all the time, right? So you get in a fight. Normally my boys get in a fight. And eventually one of them gets so mad that they can use a word and they can say something like, not often, but they can say, I hate you. And then immediately they know, oh, we are in so much trouble. And I turn and look at them and they go, I didn't mean it. You know I didn't mean it, Dad. And I go, but you said it. Yeah, but I didn't mean it. I was just mad. But out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. And then I'll say there's some heart work that needs to be done in there in that moment. Look, I'm as guilty as anybody else with that, Amen say things and I tell the Lord I didn't really mean it didn't really mean it Lord and he says but but there's something in your heart that's speaking there's a heart work so the heart will always the tongue is always a tattletale of what your heart is number two the tongue is not just a knife any longer the tongue is also an arrow let me tell you what I mean by that we used to say words are like a knife where they cut and they still are Nowadays, because we're so connected through online and text and media and Facebook and social media, to kill people, to wound people, to hurt people, and not even happen to be close to that person. King David spoke about this in Psalm 64. In Psalm 64, verse 3, he says, arrows. They shoot from ambush at the innocent, attacking suddenly and fearlessly. This is the way in which God is saying that our words are like. They're both like a a knife they cut. We can get can because we're not close to that person. Some of them are like arrows. We just shoot them from afar, and we'll shoot as many as we can because we're not close to that person. And so he says, we've got to do something. If you read throughout the whole, and so James is prefacing his James chapter three. If you read throughout the whole book of James, there's this identity where James is trying to bring us into spiritual maturity. Look, if you're a Christian, then then there's a spiritual maturity that has to happen in your life. 
Like you're not the same person that you were 10 years ago. There's a growing and a maturing in your life. And so James, in almost every chapter, speaks about this maturity process has a lot to do with what comes out of your mouth. In fact, if you look at James 1.26, James ties spiritual maturity to this one non-optional component, keeping a tight rein on the tongue. He says, if we're not keeping a tight rein on the tongue, then our religion, our maturity is worthless and we're, just, we're only deceiving ourselves. If I can't control what's coming out of my mouth and it's death, 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 yet over here, confessing my love to Jesus, according to James, he's like, your religion, your maturity is worthless. You're just simply deceiving yourself. This is how big James sees the words that come out of uh, to control large. And this is also why then he goes into this bit about uh, to control a large animal like a horse. All it takes is this little tiny bit in its mouth. This huge animal, 1,500 tiny bit in its mouth. Could wreck you, you can control that animal by just this tiny bit in its mouth. Because when you pull back on it, it pulls back on its face and pushes down on its tongue. It'll do whatever you want it to do. Our whole jump on our horse bareback with horses. You used to ride horses all the time. And I'll never forget, one day, I was gonna jump on our horse bareback. Dad says, well, go get the bridle, put the bit in its mouth. I go, no, Dad, I've got this. Just, and, you know, I like John Wayne. And so I was like, bam, hit that thing. And we took off running. I couldn't, I had to get that horse to stop. Could not get that horse to stop. I was everything that I had in me, and he was 100,000 times stronger than me. By the grace of God and offense, he stopped. And I'm gonna tell you something. All it would have taken was to put a little metal piece in that horse's mouth and to pull back and he would have been done in a second. This is what Jesus does when we submit our words and our thoughts and our actions to him. When we can control that tongue through the power of the Holy Spirit in our life, a whole bunch of trouble that's coming our way could be solved. He says the same thing about a ship and his rudders. A little tiny rudder can steer this huge ship. A ship, if you've ever been on a cruise ship or seen a battleship or seen an aircraft carrier, massive. I mean, football lengths. And yet, the rudders are size of maybe a big old barn door or so. Two, three, four of them, and just that little bit of rudder movement will steer the whole entire ship. And so he's given this imagery to us that it doesn't take a lot. It's not like you and I are gonna sit here and be like, oh, it's just gonna, it's gonna take so much. He's like, no, just a little bit of submission of our words to the Lord changes everything. There's a, a quote that I read, that our words can either move mountains or set forests on fire. Words, use them rightly and they'll move mountains. Use them wrong and they can cause your entire life to go up in smoke. Don't ever underestimate the power of your words because Satan doesn't. He works constantly to get you to turn them into a negative direction. They have creative power, just as God demonstrated this when he created the heavens and the earth with his words. You see, church, Satan fully, fully understands that here we are coming out of 2019 going, we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus. We're going to love people like Jesus does. We're going to see people through the eyes of Christ. And Satan, fully aware of that, in 2020 going, well, let's just see how this works for you. 
Let's throw a little of this in there and a little of that in there and let's throw a little bit of this and let's mix it up with a little bit of this and let's see if you're still fixed on Jesus and looking at people through the eyes of Christ. And I would say for the first part of 2020, he did a pretty good job, right? But that doesn't mean that's how we have to finish. We can change the tide with speaking life over the death that's been spoken. This is how harsh James saw the tongue. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil (laughs) among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Do you think he was a bit serious on that? This is how he saw it. He's not speaking this because somebody told him this. He's seeing it happen in the church. He's seeing it happen among believers. He's seeing it happen among the society that he's around. He's watching as words are destroying people. And so he tells us, be careful. And then the most convicting part to me of God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. And both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring. So here we are, all created in the image of God, all of us, none of us in this room, none of us on planet deserving of anything. The wages of sin is death. The Romans tells us, wages of sin is death. None of us deserving of anything. But because of God's grace, because of his mercy, because of his love, because of his forgiveness, you and I can sit here and say, God loves me because of him, Right? Because of Jesus. And here we are declaring with one mouth, praise you, Father, for that, while we're cursing somebody else. I don't know that they deserve that. So if you're asking, is this me? I don't know that I really have a problem with this. Yeah, every now and again I say something I shouldn't say. Listen to what the Bible says about the tongue with all the different ways that it directly or indirectly talks about it. The wicked tongue the deceitful tongue, the lying tongue, the perverse tongue, the filthy tongue, the corrupt tongue, the bitter tongue, the angry tongue, the crafty tongue, the flattering tongue, the slanderous tongue, the gossiping tongue, the backbiting tongue, the foolish tongue, the boasting tongue, the murmuring tongue. Let me say that one again. (laughs) Are some of you guys murmuring right now? The complaining tongue, The cursing tongue, the contentious tongue, the sensual tongue, the vile tongue, the whispering tongue, (laughs) the exaggerating tongue. I swear I caught a fish this big. The exaggerating tongue. You see, church, all of those in some way, shape, or form probably define some of the words that come out of our mouth. There's a reason that Scripture says that God put our tongue behind a cage of teeth, amen? In Micah 7, 5, guard the doors of your mouth. It's life and death. Jesus was so passionate about this that he says in Matthew 12, 36, I tell you that every careless word that people speak, they shall give an accounting for in the day of judgment. Now, I'm a black and white guy in scripture. I don't have a lot of gray. If Jesus said it, I'm believing it, amen? One day I'm gonna stand before the Lord and I'm not gonna say, Lord, I tried to figure out if that's what you really meant. I'm gonna stand before the Lord and say, this is what your word said, that's why I follow it. I'm telling you, if Jesus said this, he means it. Every careless word we're gonna give an account for. Now, here's the beautiful thing. But in that, praise the Lord that there's grace and mercy, amen? Praise the Lord that I've said things, and in his grace and mercy, there's forgiveness. 
And so I'm telling you, church, this is a big thing to the heart of God. So then what do we do? Then we have to speak forth life. We have to. So there's three things I just want to tell you. Just three easy things, not difficult. Three things I'm going to challenge you with from November and December, and hopefully this sets the course for your whole life, but November and December to redeem 2020, I'm going to challenge you to speak these things forth. First one, speak forth words of encouragement. I'm going to read Ephesians 4.29 again. Everything you say, let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Speak forth encouragement. Share encouragement with others. Number two, words of hope. Tell others about the hope of Jesus in the world. Tell others about the hope of Jesus. 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared. Somebody say always. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. You carry a hope inside of you to many places in the world that feel hopeless. You carry the hope inside of you. And he says, always be prepared to give that answer. Speak words of hope. And finally, speak words of comfort. I don't know about you, but I would say we live in a world right now where I think people need to feel the comfort of the Lord. People need to, to feel the peace of the Lord. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 4 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all. Somebody say all. All comfort. Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. A lot of comfort in there. Amen? Read it one more time. He says... The God of all comfort who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves receive from God. We have the ability to speak encouragement, hope, and comfort. And this should be the living waters that flows from us for the rest of the season. For the rest of the season so that we can look back and I'm going to tell you right now, well, I want to look back at 2020, and I'm going to say 10 years from now, I don't want to look back and go, do you remember the pandemic? Crazy. I don't want to look back and say, you remember the election? Nightmare. I don't want to look back and say, do you remember all the violence that was happening out there? I believe that we can shift this thing where it's not about elections or viruses or violence, but the people 10 years from now will look back and go, it was the greatest thing we've ever seen. Words of life flowed through our country. Words of life flow through our country. Yeah, but wasn't there something on the forefront of that? Yeah, yeah, there was some death stuff there. But the words of life covered the death. The words of encouragement covered the negativity. The words of comfort covered the division. And this is what 2020 would be known for. And so I've got a challenge for you. Are you spending the majority of your life... Do me a favor, look back this last week. Just close your eyes for me. Look back this last week. Think about your conversations. Think about sitting behind that computer screen. Think about the phone that you set behind. Just look back a week from now. Look. Would you say that you were spending more time speaking life or death? What if we finished 2020? with words of life? What if everything changed 
in our society because the church, millions of people spread across the United States, millions and millions of Christians out there. What if we all believe so strongly in the word that we said, Father, redeem it because we will become living streams of water that water the earth with the words of life. Is it going to be easy? No. There was a guy at 8 o'clock service. He was wearing a Dallas Cowboys jersey. And I actually went up to him and said, I like your Dallas Cowboys jersey. He said, do you mean it, Pastor? I go, I'm trying. Look, it's not always easy. Listen to what Proverbs 16 says. Gracious, pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and listen to this, healing to the bones. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and healing to the bones. A couple weeks ago, we sang that song, Rattle. We read out of Ezekiel, where Ezekiel was prophesied to, Son of man, speak to these dead and dried up bones. And he began to speak to the bones. And he began to prophesy to the bones. And these dead, dried up bones began to come together. He said, Son of man, speak to these bones. And the bones began to flesh themselves out. He said, Son of man, speak to these bones and breathe breath of living into them. And it says the bones came alive and it says they became a vast army. This is what we're doing, church. This is what the challenge is. I'm not telling you to be quiet. I'm not telling you to to go home and say, I'm not going to share anything. I'm not going to speak anything because that's what it was about. No, I'm telling you to get loud. I'm telling you to use your voice. I'm telling you to get loud and boisterous. And I'm telling you to boast about the things of God. I'm telling you to get loud with your encouragement. I'm telling you to get loud with your comfort. I'm telling you to get loud where you speak life into people. This is our time to get loud. Call somebody this week. Out of the blue, call somebody and say, I just want to speak a word of encouragement over you. Get a card out. Yes, a piece of paper. Write on it and mail it. Tell somebody an encouraging word this week. Get on Facebook. Get on your, your social media accounts. Get on your or text message, your email. Send words of encouragement. And then you know what's going to happen? You're going to get on social media and everybody's going to start sharing. Man, out of the blue, this guy just sent me this note. Out of this blue, this, this person called me, made my whole day. Out of the blue, I got a card in the mail and it spoke life into me, not death. And we're going to change the atmosphere in this place. Amen? Do you believe it? Do you receive it? Then let's go do it. Let's stand up, church. Come on now. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray that this would be a season, a time where your church rises up and we would be a living stream of words of encouragement and healing and comfort. And so, God, I pray that we don't just listen to this, Father, but we become doers of it in the depths of our heart. We love you, Jesus. We praise you. Thanks for listening today. If you want to find out how to get involved, go to reliancecommunity.org.